All right. Good morning. Welcome to another edition of College Coffee Talk with your hosts, Andy Lockwood and Pearl Lockwood. Hi, everybody. Nailed it. Super Bowl MVP runner up, Pearl Lockwood. Hello. Hello. And MVP if... Andy Lockwood. Okay. That's the same joke. Yeah, I know. All right. Uh, if you are equipped with an adult or non adult beverage, please join us in a synchronized sip. Good morning. Good morning. Pearl made the coffee today like she usually does. It's delicious. Thank you. Okay. So Kyle's Coffee Talk is all about sort of, you know, let's review the week that was and get it off our chest, update you on, on trends and news and things that we see in the world of college admissions, college financial aid. Uh, particularly lately, there's been a lot of news about the FAFSA and delays. Uh, today, we're also going to cover a couple of topics that we think are important, one of which is parent mistakes. We're not judging, but we want to help you avoid these mistakes should you be in a similar situation as the uh, the scenario that we're going to be covering. And I am also going to be sharing a negotiation case study for a small business owner client that we have uh, out on the West Coast. Uh, so I think that'll be helpful, too, if you are a business owner. Um, even if you're not, actually, I think it, it might be helpful, too, to talk about this stuff. So say hi in the chat. Let us know that we're coming in loud and clear. Good morning, Michelle. Yes, who's joining us? One of our non-shy listeners. Yeah. Well, you can you can see, like, who's actually watching. Hi, Royce. You can run, wow, you're up early. You can run, but you can't. on the hide. West Coast. Yeah, where's Royce? She's in L.A. or California. Yeah. L.A. or California. Well, in California. All right. I don't want to get the – L.A. is not right. Yeah. Hello, California. Sue. Hello, Carol. Hello to Michelle and Royce. Good morning. Yeah, we see a bunch of people coming on here. All right, cool. So uh, this is also an opportunity to get your questions answered and get some free coaching, um, whatever you want. Whatever, anything goes for the next uh, 28 minutes. So, uh, Pearl, talk a little bit about the um, the FAFSA stuff, the delays, the latest and the and the greatest. Okay. So, as as you all probably are aware at this point, uh, there was a new iteration of the FAFSA this year, and instead of it being released in, in addition to substantive changes throughout the FAFSA, et cetera, uh, in addition to it not being released October 1st, as it is every year, it was not released until December 31st. And even then, in the beginning, it didn't really work so well. It, they're still having lots of trouble. At this point, this is where we are at. No school, it was just announced on the 31st of January, that no school is going to get any of the substantive FAFSA information or an awareness that you have filed or anything about your FAFSA, nor will you have the ability to go into an already your already submitted FAFSA to make any corrections for mistakes you may have made, or add additional schools should you have more to, to add to your list, or you initially had more than 20 schools because you're not able to submit to 20 more than 20 schools at a time. You're not going to be able to do that until mid-March at the earliest. Wow. <laughs> so we're so we're getting you know a bunch of calls in from our current clients and prospective clients about you know 
my child is going to be a junior in college next year. I need to get their FAFSA in. And the reality is that um, you don't yet. I mean, we're, you know, Pearl's been slaving away and, and I'm pumping out CSS profiles and other financial aid applications, including the FAFSA, but they're not going to see it until March anyway. So, so, um, so there's, there's broader repercussions right. here and it's not only for, that. it's not only for people who are filing the FAFSA, it's going to push back the whole timeline in general. Exactly. So, so you have some language here, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I, I two different schools. One school is Villanova, and the, the reason I picked these two particular schools, Villanova requires both the CSS profile and the FAFSA. So Villanova is going to be slightly armed with some ability to provide a financial aid package. They'll probably do what they used to do um, years back, and I won't sidetrack too much, but what they used to do is issue a financial aid package shortly after an admissions decision and then and that award would be called a provisional award waiting for the ultimate finalized fafsa information should there be anything they need to square between the initial award and the ultimate fafsa that comes in so because villanova takes the css profile there's going to be an emphasis um on the results of that CSS profile and will largely be the basis of that financial aid package, you know, lest anything seriously contradicts it with the FAFSA that ultimately gets submitted. Can I do um, a quick timeout here? So j just take a step back. Every college in the country requires the FAFSA. That's delayed. They're not getting the information for, as we, re as we record this, another month from now, at least. At least, at is least. what they say, at the earliest. Then many schools like Villanova, three or 400 colleges, require an additional application, which is about 10 times as long in some cases, at least at least five times as long as the FAFSA. And that is called the CSS profile. Then there's also a few schools that take their own financial aid applications, but let's stick to the, 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 <clears throat> the funnel here. <laughs> so um, uh, there were no delays with the CSS profile. Right. It's really for colleges to have their own money, their own endowments. They're not, uh, this is not pertaining to federal funds. It's pertaining to schools like Ivy Leagues and private schools like Villanova and Boston College and exactly. whatever. They already have a lot of this information. So what Pearl's saying is um, they're going to be issuing preliminary awards or, right. or, and, and then subject to you know, verifying provisional them, awards, provisional awards right. right? subject to later <clears throat> once they get the FAFSA, which might not be, you know, they may not actually be able to review the FAFSA for a month after they get it. So then they'll, you know, firm up the offer, I guess. Yes, Is that what you're exactly. Okay. So here's just so you can hear the language. This went out from Villanova to all of its applicants and its students. <clears throat> the Department of Education has announced that there will be significant processing delays related to the delivery of the FAFSA data to the schools. As a result, we will not begin to receive FAFSA submissions till mid-March at the earliest. While this delay may present several challenges, we are pleased to inform you that we'll be providing estimated financial aid offers to admitted students based on the results of the CSS profile and required documents. So they're basically, they're telling you that's how they're going to do things. Okay, so now. Okay, so let me let me jump in. So um, in most traditional years, the housing deposit that Villanova and other schools was due May 1st. 
right. doesn't seem like they are delaying their <clears throat> housing deposits because they're making financial aid awards based on the CSS profile. Right. That's correct. So whether or not to just to, but again, their but their language is we will do our best yeah. is what it says to give you an estimated package by our posted uh, notification date. So they are it's very non-committal. Well, they're. To be fair, I mean, a lot of this stuff is out of their control. It is. Right. So, is. so that, that's, I think that's good. That's smart of them. Um, but in many cases, what, what, and I guess you're going to re that. read this other, yeah. this other language from a different school that doesn't take the profile, um, no matter whether you filed for financial aid or not, you might have that housing deposit deadline pushed. Right. And that's, I think that has to happen. I would imagine so. And it's it's not new. They did this in 2020 during, you know, the COVID year. Um, the housing deposit deadline was pushed back from May 1st to June 1st. I would not be at all surprised if that happens again this year. Dark times. Okay. So now that's one solution for the schools that take the CSS profile. They'll get it like almost right. Okay. There's a solution. However, what about the schools that only take the FAFSA? They are getting no financial information. Basically, all the students are going to be indistinguishable from a financial standpoint when they are making uh, admissions decisions. And then, of course, they have to wait to issue financial aid packages. What University of Connecticut, which only takes the FAFSA, says to all of its applicants and students recently, Colleges and universities were informed that there will be a significant delay in the release of FAFSA data, information that is required to make offers of financial aid. The Department of Education now estimates, not until mid-March, making it impossible for UConn to release financial aid offers at the same time in which admissions decisions are made and, and released on March 1st. So what UConn has decided to do about this is, for starters, they are extending their complete their deadline to from March first to March fifteenth. It's probably not going to make any difference. Um, it's probably not going to hold either. It probably is not going yeah. to hold. I'm, I'm predicting a, a revised right. timeline. And that's exactly what they do. You know, yeah. originally this FAFSA data was getting to yeah. the colleges the end of January, January thirty first. And what happened? As it always happens this way, on the thirty first, they rolled out a new announcement: further delays, not till the end of March. Okay. Um, That's how they talk. So UConn uh, say, says that they are anticipating their offers of financial aid to be available in early April. Again, I think that could be wishful thinking. I think you can all expect to uh, have some delay this year. And then please don't, don't let the panic stoke from this. Everybody is under these same constraints. It'll get worked out. If you are admitted to a school and you have submitted financial aid forms, you will get a financial aid package. Is it, are you going to have untold amounts of time to evaluate it and negotiate and, and, and make a decision? Probably not. But everybody well, you never, you will never be. Do that. No, yeah. right. And But everybody is under these same rules, for better or for worse. Yeah, I mean, if, if the housing deposit deadline goes from May 1st to June 1st and then they push it again, that's getting closer to the time that kids show up for orientation. So it, it might be uh, a little sloppy this mm -hmm. year. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, not on that, no. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I see some activity here. Our son Harry. A lot is, of action from yeah, our son Harry. Our son Harry is very active. That's great. Good morning, uh, so, Harry. If anyone has any questions, this is an opportunity to pop them in here. 
Hello, Dawn, Lana, Carol, Louise, Yvonne, <clears throat> client, Wendy, Chris, client, hello, Chris, Gene, uh, Penny, Harry. Come on, Harry. Yeah, I saw the game last night, Harry. Thanks. Uh, Kimberly, Deb, Dawn. Okay, Carlos. So, all right, I want to do a little case study now. So, so a lot of financial aid, as as Pearl was, um, you know, kind of uh, describing, is based on information that you put in the forms, um, of course. However, and frequently there are considerations that don't fit in the you know the boxes, so to speak, of the FAFSA and the CSS profile. And if that's the case, then you should consider appealing your financial aid award if you get less than a full and what you consider fair amount. Uh, extended to you. So uh, so we've got these clients um, whose son got an early decision to one of the uh, small elite private colleges out in California, um, Claremont, McKenna, I believe. And they are small business owners out in Oregon. And they um, have a very upscale uh, pizza and Italian place, which looks great every time you look at their website. And um, it, they, was, it was just National Pizza Day a couple days ago. Who knew? Is it early this year? Um, I think every day is National Pizza Day for you or, or Pratt. Definitely. <laughs> so uh, they got a, a decent financial aid award to begin with, but um, they, they came to me and said, do you think we can do any better than this? I said, well, yes, because um, frequently people in the financial aid office don't really understand business owners' businesses and, and the value of their business because they're not CPAs in the financial aid office. They're not investment bankers they're not business owners themselves typically not business valuation experts you get the point so i said well you know what do you think the business is actually worth so they gave me a number i said and, and how much of that is you know equipment and they gave me a number and i said okay well that's kind of a lot uh do you have any loans against the equipment and they said oh yeah actually we do so you know after i probed a little bit here we were able to justify a much lower valuation of their business than they would have thought conventionally um, just from operating their business. You know, for example, if you had to sell your business in 30 days, right, you would probably, uh, you know, in a fire sale, you would probably get a lower price than if you, you know, marketed and had people bidding, you know, against it, uh, against each other, so to speak. So um, we, we went back to the, to the financial aid office and said, look, thank you very much for the award. Uh, however, I want to bring your attention to circumstances that I don't think you considered because I'm not sure there's any area to any uh, opportunity to put this on the CSS profile. And then we walk them through the lower valuation of the business, assuming that they had a higher value. So I think there may have been one round of questions, but um, it, it happened pretty quickly. They ended up getting an extra uh, $9,800 of free money grants that they don't have to pay back and they got an additional two thousand dollars of an interest-free loan and financial aid is, is year by year but my expectation is that they will receive the same aid assuming their income stays in the same place they will receive the same aid package next year and then going forward that, that's what we're hoping at least and that's what i uh, expect so the point here is number one um, if you get an offer it's not final you, you can still you know, ask for more. They're not going to rescind their offer or penalize you in any way. And number two, you have an opportunity to tell them 
the story behind the numbers. You can say, look, look, I know we look one way on paper, but the reality is a little bit different. And uh, let me walk you through it. Here's some new information that you pro you couldn't have known about. So that was a nice uh, negotiation and it worked out well. That's awesome. Yeah. We, and you, show, uh, you know, we don't always get more money for clients, but in this case, they started out with a decent amount and then they got a much, you know, a nice improvement. And now they're not sweating paying for college anymore and they, they feel like it's more manageable. Uh, so, um, so it's great. It's great all the way around. All right. Now, um, are there any questions com coming in before I go to the third and final topic uh, for well, today? A couple questions. Let's see. Um, how is your service handling appeals this year, given the massive delays in the FAFSA and running impact on colleges sending out fi late financial aid packages? Matt wants to know. Um, unchanged, you know, it's m most of the appealing happens in the spring. This, this happened, the, the description I just gave of that, of that case study was earlier because the child got an early decision. Okay. Um, Michelle. Would you like to hold that so you're not hunched over? Sure. Michelle. Show your, you, you know, you have so much to offer, so much to give. Thank you. You're blocking yourself here. Okay. Okay. Show the world. Hey guys, I recently filed my 23 taxes, my CPA files myself, and husband is married and separate with kids under my husband's 1040. The salary is quite less than mine. He stated that I may not have to report myself as a contributor on the FAFSA. Is this true? Or since we are married, FAFSA needs both our income. Uh, don't rely on your CPA for financial aid advice here. The answer is <laughs> false. Kidding. The answer is false. False. Wrong. If, if you're married and separate and married and jointly, even if you're separated and not fully divorced, both incomes are going to come into play on the FAFSA. It, anyway, unequivocally, married and, and filing separate, you'll, you, both incomes will be reported, and it's just a matter of how it is reported. Um, Alyssa, good morning. First time visiting. Thank you for your help. I own a small business and appreciate your assistance in how to handle that. Um, good. Generally. Yeah, there's there. If you're a small business owner, um, you know you may not qualify for need-based aid. That's that's a different discussion. But um, you you probably have almost every time you have advantages that regular W two people uh, do not have. And there, there's a a bunch of strategies and techniques that our uh, accountant. Rick, the legend, refers himself as a legend. He coined the term tax scholarships that that um, pertain to high business owners, high income business owners that can't really qualify for need based aid. And um, you know, honestly, we used them ourselves because because of Rick. It was a real uh, game changer for us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alyssa, continuing, her daughter received a commitment letter to swim in a D three school. It nice. included a financial aid merit scholarship amount she decided not to apply to early decision do those financial aid offers usually stand well they'll still yeah i mean i think legally once they give you an offer it's yours to accept or not she's concerned they may lower it since she didn't apply early decision actually the opposite i would think yeah well you're in a more, more I mean, you were fortunate you're in a position of of, uh, of more strength because you now potentially can get other offers to leverage against exactly. that, that offer. But they, you know, I, I I don't know if I'm reading into the rules too much from our recovering attorney backgrounds. I just admitted that we were uh, former attorneys. But um, still attorneys. once, <laughs> true, once someone makes an offer to you, then it's, it's legally, then you can either accept it or reject it. 
So I don't know if they could necessarily change it without any new information or, or something. If that offer was predicated on going early, early decision, which I doubt, uh, then maybe. But I think you're in better shape. Like I agree. Yeah. I agree with Pearl. That was fortunate. Wait, I want to say hi to Frank. He joined us. Saw Frank this weekend at the office. Last time he was at our office, we um, he parked in the back and he got blocked in by one of the tenants upstairs. That was awkward, but I think it was pretty smooth this weekend. Okay, good. Great. Okay, let's see if there are any other questions. Yeah, see him coming in hot and fast. Is it correct, Louise, asking that if my income is less than fifty thousand a year, I do not need to report assets single parent status? Um, the answer is. Once you put your income information and it internally establishes, I'm just being very literal about this because it's not, you don't have to report your assets. It's that the system is going to internally recognize that the income is in such a place where they're not requiring you to report assets. However, this does not hold true if the same school, I mean, it's true for the FAFSA, also requires the CSS profile. You cannot just fail to report the assets on the CSS profile because you didn't have to on the CS on the on the FAFSA. So the the truth is it, Can I ask you a question? What? So so just talking about the FAFSA specifically, because I think that's that's my hunch yes. what the question's about. Um, are you actually putting in income information or are you just reporting it over? You're, you're port the very first thing you're doing oh. is is agreeing, because if you fail to agree as a parent, dead on arrival you get no financial aid. It says it now in black and white. It never did before. And that's what it says. So you don't have to provide your information, but if you don't, so, your kid will get nothing. So you're, you have to agree to send your information from the IRS to the FAFSA. That's right. And okay. when you do so, when you hit that, I prove it seamlessly like gets your, your income information. And there's also a section that asks other questions about benefits that you may be receiving, which correspond with a lower income, like earned income credit, Medicaid, reduced or free lunch, amongst many other benefits. If you check off lunch. one of those, that will automatically default you into a place where you do not need to report the assets. Good. All right. Let's do one more question, and then we'll get back to the apparent mistake that, that I promised. Okay. Oh, that. Frank says, thanks for the parking advice. Yeah, we're full service. We don't have valet <laughs> yet, um, but if we raise prices, we can afford that. Um, all right, Dawn, do they include the student's income? My daughter works and does online school. They have just asked for her taxes from 2022. She made a substantial amount in 2023. She will not receive any grants. Based 23. On income. What's 23? We don't know about 23. Hoping, What's 23? May I? Mm -mm. May I? Yeah. Right. Don't report 23. Too much caffeine. She will. Well, this college coffee talk. Okay. Yeah. Um, made more in 23. She will not receive any grants based on our income. Hoping her income doesn't keep her from getting loans. Don't worry. The university she chose is pretty expensive, and she'll be offered the minimum 5500 so you'll have to look for other loans. Shall I say a word on loans? Her income will make that harder, I think. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And it's plus. She can right? be Taylor Swift and have her earnings. And as long as 
Taylor Swift still maintains a pulse, is enrolled in college, have, and wants a loan does she have for to college. Be, does Taylor have to be on our broadcast, too? Is I'm going to try to fit her in it, it every a, week. It was enough seeing her in every football game for, the, for the last six weeks. Just going with the theme. Taylor yeah, everywhere. Too much. Let's make this the last Taylor. Taylor mentioned. Taylor test. Yeah. She gets engaged. All right. So <laughs> I'm so happy for that. Um, okay, let's move on to the parent mistake uh, that I promised we would cover. And Pearl, um, you, this is really something that you observe frequently. Yeah. And there's some related sort yes. of sub, if there's a branch and, and, and there's, you know, there's a, a more branches coming off, you know, there's, yes. there's sub mistakes. So the mistake has to do with the CSS profile. And we just had this with a client um, last week who had added some schools in January, including uh, Boston College, and and then she got in. And by the way, such a roller coaster. The, the day before the, the student got in, the mom and I had about a half hour talk where the mom is describing how depressed her, her child was because she didn't get into her early decision one college. She didn't think she was going to get into any good schools. You know, um, what do you think she should do? And so most of my conversation was, look, it's not over. There's plenty of other good schools on her list. The one she applied to, she had roughly a 10% chance of, of getting into anyway. She took the shot. There are long shot schools. And then the next day she gets into Boston College. I'm like, oh, I guess things change a little bit. <laughs> right? But they were uh, rightfully you know, concerned with the amount of money um, that they were going to potentially have to cough up. And um, there was, a, I guess, a, a message or a bunch of information required by BC in their portal that had to do with, okay, we need your CSS profile. We need your this, we need your that. So you investigated what, what was happening right. and described what you learned. Because here's the other two second backdrop on that is unfortunately, lots of schools, all the schools use bots to communicate to you often, even just generally and responsive to that fact that you're an applicant and will say something like maybe two months after you've submitted your financial aid forms, simply responsive to your application. Hey, do you know that you could apply for financial aid? It's time to submit the CSS profile on the FAFSA, and then that will create alarm. What are you talking about? I did this two months ago. So you often schools' portals are not updated in real time. They send you that they need things that you know unequivocally that you have time and date stamp receipts for filings that have occurred. Okay, so, so that's one mistake. So she that's didn't, she right. blew all that stuff up. Right. So now, you know, I search i went back into her already submitted css profile i examined which schools were listed i did not see boston college and the few other schools she had added and i said what's going on here? No, it was added but they, didn't they were not submitted yeah they were in they were added because and not okay. submitted so just to clarify so pearl added boston college and said okay you guys need to pay these 16 dollars because you have to actually pay to apply for financial exactly. aid on the css profile um, to, so that they get their the, the CSS profile information so they can give you a financial aid award. It does not work automatically. If you just add a school on the FAFSA or mm -hmm. the CSS profile, you have to take it all send the it. way through yeah. and submit it. And in the case of the CSS receipts. profile, you have to pay for those submissions. So it's not enough to simply, you know, there's you go to your dashboard, shows that you haven't already submitted sub CSS profile. There's an opportunity to click add colleges, fine. You go to the college section, you add them. You have to, at that point, scroll all the way through to the payment page and then 
enter your credit card information or your check information and submit it and get a new confirmation receipt with that date's filing. So that is what failed to happen. This and and this happens anyway, not just in this CSS profile example. The as you're learning, as you're living through it, as we're in mid-February, the financial aid process and the college application year is a very long and winding road. Especially this year. It, especially this year. And what where your mindset is and what schools are, the schools of your choice in the beginning of the process certainly can and often do change months later. And we are kind of, we're just past that months later spot where some people maybe hear from their early action schools, not such great news or early decision and they have to spin and pivot and add other schools. That's great, that's fine, but you cannot forget to treat them as seriously as the initial schools that were submitted. They have to get added to the FAFSA to the CSS profile if that school is requiring it. And you need to, most importantly, it's a matching exercise. If the school is asking you for ABC, you have to give that school ABC. If this school is asking you for A and B, you don't give them C, you give them A and B. That's it, respond in kind, but you can't forget to respond. Good. All right, so we're almost at the bottom of the hour. Uh, which was great. I hope you guys found this to be valuable and occasionally entertaining at least, uh, but but helpful. I have two sort of uh, shameless promotional announcements to make that, um, that are coming up actually. So one is um, we're doing a webinar this Thursday for 11th graders, late stage college planning for high school juniors. And uh, this summer we are um, I'll be announcing this formally uh, in the next week or so. We are running another, I think it's our 10th annual uh, college applications and essays, Get College Ready Bootcamp. And that starts in June and it wraps up in October. It's uh, pretty comprehensive. It involves a lot of uh, writing and rewriting and re-rewriting and editing and brainstorming, basically till kids' eyeballs and fingers bleed. Um, it's a but great way to stay and keep on track because of that. That concerns lots of families. The notion of this train coming by, not stopping, and you may or may not be on it. This forces you to that schedule. Yeah, I mean, you said this morning that um, it's really, it's not necessarily a boot camp. It's really about peace of mind. It is. Between well, now and then, just yeah. knowing it's happening, knowing yeah. that if you physically take yourself through that, yeah. you're going to get it done in the timely fashion that yeah. we're recommending. So I'll be, put, uh, if you're on our email list, I'll be, I'll be emailing that out. I will post that here eventually. Right now, we're, it's free if you're a one-on-one -on -one college advisory student. So right now, we're going to be pre-registering people just to see exactly how many spots we have available for you know, the rest of, of, the, uh, of the world. But that's coming up. All right. So, Pearl? Sorry. I just feel the need to answer one more question. I saw a lot, Dan, because it's, it's probably a I'm general sure question. Matt uh, asking, can you add more than 20 schools on the FAFSA? Yes. How so? In March, the end of March, <laughs> yeah. when they will undoubtedly announce that the, the FAFSA information is being transported over to the colleges, at that same time, you will have an opportunity to log into the already submitted FAFSA, go into the college section, remove however many schools you need or all the schools that you have already submitted. Don't worry, you're not taking away that submission. Those schools got it already. 
you remove the existing schools to free up space, slots, and add however many past 20 you were trying to add. And submit it. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, we went a little over, but that was important. Um, thanks for being with us this week. We'll, we will be back next Monday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Same bat time, same bat channel. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.